Get the unmissable news stories of the day. This is the Beijing Hour. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host. Shane Begum with you on this Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. You're listening to a special holiday edition of the Beijing Hour, coming to you live from the Chinese capital. On today's program, consumer spending in China has been booming amid the Lunar New Year holiday, and the annual travel rush remains at peak levels. China's called on Israel to halt its military operations in Gaza in order to spare civilian lives, and China's added seven destinations to its list of national-level ski resorts. In the second half, we'll bring you the story of a young Uzbek singer who's pursuing the dream of becoming a performing artist in China. Now checking the day's top stories. Well, China's seen a boom in consumer spending during the Chinese New Year holiday this year. Online payment transactions via e-commerce platforms on Chinese New Year's Eve rose by 4.6% from the previous year. The visitor flow in key commercial districts amounted to over 15 million, an increase of over 110% on a yearly basis. Sales manager Huang Hua with Wansheng Square in De'an says business is thriving. Our shopping mall has over 1,000 parking spaces above ground and underground, which are fully occupied every day. The food court on the first floor, stores on the second floor, movie theaters and children's play centers are packed every day. The first day of the ongoing Chinese New Year holiday saw tourism orders double and ticket orders more than treble compared to last year. Homestay manager Xu Li from Yixian says the festive vibe is giving them a boost. We received bookings two or three months in advance, and now all our rooms were fully booked for about four days, starting from New Year's Eve. Products designed and made in China and Chinese-style ones have also become a new favorite among consumers. The search volume for Chinese-style New Year's clothing for girls on an e-commerce platform has grown by 7.4 times compared to the year before. China's holiday box office grew by 1 billion yuan within a 24-hour period from Monday to Tuesday to 4 billion in total. That's about 560 million U.S. dollars halfway into the week-long Chinese New Year holiday. YOLO, Pegasus 2, and Boonie Bear's Time Twist remain the top three grossing films. A group of tourists has taken a, a, cruise sh- or a, a cruise trip to the Shisha Islands in the South China Sea to spend their New Year holiday. Lin Hua tells us how those travelers kick-started their Year of the Chinese Dragon. The Nanhai Dream cruise ship departs from Sanya and arrives at the Shisha Islands after some 12 hours. All the passengers say they're excited for the once-in-a-lifetime trip. The trip to Xisha Islands is something I've always longed for. It feels great to realize my dream in my 70s. In our primary school textbooks, there was an article introducing the naturally endowed Xisha Islands. So this spring festival, I took my parents and children on a cruise trip to catch a glimpse of the captivating landscape. Over the course of the trip lasting four days, Tourists visit Quanfu and Yinyu Islands, play tug-of-war competitions on the beach, attend concerts and other activities. The beautiful Xisha Islands are alive with New Year atmosphere. We came from Beijing. I choose to take my daughter to Sansha for this special day. In Xisha, tourists write down New Year wishes on spring festival couplets by the sea. 
forming a huge long character in Chinese, marking the beginning of the lunar year. That was Lin Wa with a report on New Year celebrations、uh, on the Shisha Islands. China is expecting an average of 1.8 million daily inbound and outbound passenger trips during the New Year holiday. That's more than three times that of last year. Thailand and Singapore are the most popular destinations for Chinese tourists, thanks to recent visa exemptions. A report by the China Tourism Academy says the country's outbound tourism market may reach 130 million trips by the end of this year. For more on New Year celebrations in Thailand, Martin Lo joins us from Phuket. This year, the signs are much more positive, and it's estimated that by the end of this New Year holiday,、uh, something approaching a quarter of a million Chinese tourists will have visited Thailand for a holiday. Now, that's、uh, back to one in four of all international arrivals—a、uh, figure that hasn't been reached since before COVID—and it's three times higher than this time last year. And it certainly provides a boost. To the Thai economy of something in the region of 350 million U.S. dollars. Phuket has a very high population of Chinese descent, so there are many、uh, Chinese families who have been celebrating amongst themselves. They decorate their homes with、uh, red lanterns. They meet to share food, and they let off firecrackers. The the Chinese、uh, tourists, the visitors who come here on holiday, to be honest. They head to places like this. They they come to the beaches. They enjoy the glorious weather. They probably take a, a boat trip to one of the picturesque islands in the Andaman Sea.、Uh, but there are uh, public uh, celebrations as well held in the island's capital, Phuket Old Town. Now that is. Primarily a, a Phuket festival, but every year、um, it, it combines with Chinese New Year as a joint event. And many, many people, visitors and locals alike, head there、uh, for parades, live performances, and food. That was Martin Lo reporting. Well, Italy is among、um, the first group of six countries under China's visa-free entry policy.、Uh, Simone Panfili from the Italian embassy in Beijing says he welcomes the exemption and believes it'll yield positive outcomes. Italy and China are deeply involved in further promoting people-to-people、uh, -people, uh, exchanges.、Uh, we are countries that、uh, have common roots, which are based on enhancing civilization. Uh, mutual respect and exchanges. We hope that this facilitation, which has been very well received by the Italian public opinion,、uh, will lead to an increase of uh, Italian presence uh, in China. Italy's tourism bureau expects Chinese travel to the country to fully recover to pre-COVID levels、uh, this year.、Uh, Panfili says Italy is also making efforts to facilitate travels from China. We share、uh, China and Italy the highest number of UNESCO sites、uh, in the world, which is、uh, considering to having、uh, an outstanding universal value. In this framework, we attach a very、uh, great importance to the tourism cooperation between our countries, between China and Italy. We believe that tourism can foster、uh, cultural, social, and economic、uh, exchanges. And it is crucial to promote、uh, the mutual understanding between our people. So、uh, we are working together, all the Italian system in China,、uh, in order to further promote uh, uh, and support China's interests for our country. So we have、uh, 15 visa application centers in the country, where more than 200 people、uh, at the moment works. Um, in order to to facilitate、uh, the access to the visa application center, we also have uh, established uh, all across the country 
some green channels for uh, Chinese economic operators, uh, tourism, and uh, uh, students. These measures have already led to an increasing presence of Chinese uh, business women and men uh, to Italian exhibitions and main events like uh, the famous uh, uh, Milano Fashion Weeks or Salone del Mobile. Furthermore, the growing number of Chinese tourists and students uh, increasing in, in our country. People in Italy are getting a taste of the Chinese New Year with cultural events and decorations. Dragon-themed trams are running on the streets of Milan. It's part of the activities by the Chinese Consulate General to bring Year of the Dragon festivities to the city. Well, China expects nearly 13 million passenger trips via railway on Tuesday, the fourth day of the Chinese New Year. Authorities have arranged more than 600 additional passenger trains to handle this uptick. On Monday, railways in China handled more than 11 million passenger trips. China Railway says passenger flow is gradually entering the peak period for return trips. Coming up, China's urging Israel to halt attacks in Gaza. Hey everyone, Jason Smith here, host of The Bridge. Hey guys, this is He Yang with Roundtable. This is Xu Yawen with World Today. May the year of the Chinese dragon bring you a tide of strength, success, and good fortune. May you be great and unstoppable as a dragon soaring through the oceans. And I want to wish you, your families, and loved ones good luck, happiness, and prosperity in the new year. I would like to wish you and may you achieve great success in your endeavors. Happy Chinese New Year! At 10 minutes past the hour, China is calling on Israel to stop its military operations and avoid civilian deaths in Gaza. A foreign ministry spokesperson urged Israel to prevent the humanitarian situation in Rafah from getting worse. The spokesperson also says China condemns any action that hurts civilians and violates international law. Uh, Israel earlier launched attacks on Rafah, killing more than 100 people. The city in southern Gaza is sheltering more than 1 million Palestinians who fled bombings elsewhere. The United Nations has expressed concerns over reports of the killings of Palestinians in Rafah. Jody Jacobs reports from UN headquarters in New York. The United Nations says there are heightened concerns of an escalation in Gaza's southernmost city, Rafah. The UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Volker Turk, says any incursion on Rafah, in his words, is terrifying given the prospect of an extremely high number of civilians. Israeli Defense Forces began airstrikes and shelling on multiple locations in Rafah. What we want is to ensure that anything that happens is done in full respect of international law, in the full respect of the protection of, uh, of civilians. We will not be party to forced displacement of people. As it is, there is no place that it's safe, currently safe in Gaza. The UN rights chief has urged Israel to comply with the legally binding orders issued by the International Court of Justice and has said accountability must follow. You can't send people back to areas uh, that is littered with unexploded ordnance, not to mention a lack of, uh, of shelter. Uh, the, the situation for us in Gaza on the, on the humanitarian end remains extremely, extremely challenging. I mean, Meanwhile, the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization says a growing number of people will go hungry unless the hostilities cease 
and the population of Gaza has access to food and water. It's really an almost unprecedented situation that we find ourselves in. We have categories for how we measure f acute food insecurity, the IPC phase classifications. And in IPC 3, 4, and 5, which takes us from emergency to crisis to catastrophe, all 2.2 million people in Gaza are in those categories. And again, we've never seen that before. The Israeli military has confirmed it conducted a series of strikes on targets in Rafah and also reported that two Israeli hostages were rescued in a special operation. That was Jody Jacobs reporting. The head of the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees says new European Union funding will provide a vital financial lifeline in the coming weeks for people in Gaza. The agency has been reeling from allegations that 12 of its staff participated in the October 7th Hamas attacks in southern Israel. Uh, Philippe Lazzarini uh, said the agency immediately fired the staff, but more than a dozen countries suspended funding worth around 440 million U.S. dollars, almost half of the agency's budget for 2024. The commission contribution is absolutely critical because it's $82 million expected beginning of March. If we would have had no pause or freeze of funding, our cash flow would have been good until the end of July. Our cash flow will suffer as from now, as from the month of March. It will be negative, expected negative 30 to 40 million in March, but then it will be significantly negative as from April. Now, two UN investigations into Israel's allegations are underway, but the European Commission has demanded a separate audit and wants to appoint experts to carry it out. The audit would focus on, as uh, in uh, the quote, uh, the control systems needed to prevent the possible involvement of its Gaza staff in terrorist activities. The agency has been the main supplier of food, water, and shelter during the war in Gaza, where around 85% of the population has been displaced. The EU's top diplomat also expressed concerns about the likelihood of an imminent Israeli ground assault in Rafah. Political parties in Pakistan are in coalition talks in an attempt to form a new government. No single party secured a majority in the general election that was held earlier this month. The parties are looking for partners, and there are no candidates so far for prime minister. Daniel Khan has more from Islamabad. PMLN's Shabazz Sharif has engaged with smaller political parties like JUIF, MQM and PMLQ for support. Meanwhile, Imran Khan's PTI-backed independent candidates lead with 93 seats, while PMLN and PPP have 75 and 54 seats, respectively. The Election Commission of Pakistan has ordered re-polling at various polling stations of Balochistan on February 16th amid allegations of rigging and irregularities. Shabazz Sharif has met with PPP leaders in Lahore discussing political strategies and proposing key positions. Both parties have emphasized on collaborative efforts for stability and prosperity, awaiting decisions from their central committees. Reportedly, PPP's Bilawal Bhutto Zardari has arrived in Islamabad to discuss government formation and election processes with the U.S. ambassador. Political activities have intensified amid negotiations and consultations to navigate the evolving political landscape. That was Daniel Khan on post-election politics in Pakistan. 
Indian farmers plan to continue a protest march to New Delhi this week comes after talks between farm union leaders and federal ministers failed to make progress on issues including better crop prices that were promised back in 2021. Some farmers say the government's dragging its feet on meeting their demands. Farm unions hope to force the government to make a law committing to providing higher state support or price guarantees and to honor promises to double farm incomes. The Delhi police have issued an order prohibiting the assembly of five or more people across the national capital until March tw- uh, March 12th. Now, they also blocked sections of major routes leading to the capital from the northern state of Punjab, where most of the farmers are starting their march. A group of Russian tourists has arrived in North Korea. Media reports say the tourists are likely the first from another country to enter North Korea since the COVID-19 outbreak. Officials say the tour group will visit Pyongyang and go skiing. The tour came months after a meeting between North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and Russian President Vladimir Putin in September. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said in October that he'll recommend North Korea as a vacation destination. Coming up, China adds seven destinations to its list of national-level ski resorts. Happy Chinese New Year! I would like to wish you a happy, healthy and prosperous year ahead. May the Chinese New Year bring you and your loved ones good health, joy and exciting adventures. I'd like to wish you Shenlong Ma Zhuang. This is Xing Yu with Roundtable. Hello guys, this is Brandon Yates, host of the Sideline Story Sports Podcast. It's Yu Shan from Footprints. I would like to wish you a happy, healthy and prosperous year ahead. May you navigate the unfolding chapters of 2024 with demeanors as graceful as that of the dragon and the phoenix. Hello everyone, I'm your host Do Hongyu with the Beijing Hour. I'd like to wish you May the dragon and the phoenix bring good fortune and happiness to you and your family. At 18 past the hour, well, China has expanded its list of national-level ski resorts with seven new destinations, further enriching the country's winter tourism offerings. The newly added resorts are in the uh, northern parts of the country. And with the additions, China now has 26 national-level ski resorts. The country is committed to meeting the growing demand for ice and snow tourism, uh, while also fostering local economic development. Two years after the Beijing Winter Olympics, an increasing number of Chinese people have fallen in love with winter sports, leading to the establishment of numerous clubs and leagues across the country. Wang Zihang looks at how the Winter Olympics have influenced the growth of ice hockey in China. It's a normal day during the winter vacation. At an ice rink just outside the main venue of the Beijing Olympic Winter Games, an intense ice hockey game is underway. Over the past two years, the Olympic Park in northern Beijing has become a popular winter sports facility. The game's participants, many at the age of eight, are putting in their best efforts to control the park. Their coaches are yowling from the sideline, giving direct instructions. Gao Yiyuan, sporting the number 66 jersey, plays in the defense position of his team's starting lineup. 
With his last-minute go by a free shot, Gao scored, rallied back from behind to beat the rivals. At that moment, my mind just went blank, and I was so excited because that shot meant we could win. I was just focused on getting that win for our team. Over the past two and a half years, Gao trained and played games nearly every weekend and during vacations. His mother watched him during every training session and game. I've watched my son transform from a shy little boy to a brave and optimistic sunshine boy. In addition, she's also impressed by the improving facilities and environment for ice hockey in the city. Since we are really into ice sports, what matters most to us are the ice rinks. Here in the northern part of Beijing, we have at least four or five options for ice rinks. Many of them were used for the Olympics. The more venues available, the more choices we have, and it creates a better atmosphere for encouraging our kids to enjoy the sport. In fact, ice hockey used to be an unpopular sport in China. Just a decade ago, the world's most populous country had only 540 registered players. The situation started to change after China won the bid to host the Winter Olympics in 2015, pledging to engage 300 million people in ice and snow activities. Today, the number of registered ice hockey players in the country has risen to 14,000, including 10,000 juniors. Gao Yuan's coach Jiang Wenqinghuai retired from China's national ice hockey team after the Beijing Winter Games. As a native of Heilongjiang Province, the cradle of China's winter sports, the coach is surprised by the rapid development of ice hockey across the country over the past years. We played a far fewer number of games back then. We could only have internal team matches playing against ourselves. Leagues were rare. From his observation, changes are not only about the growing ice hockey population. Today, the equipment they use, like protective gear, sticks, and skates, is more specialized compared to what we had in our childhood. Training has also improved with smaller classes and more personalized sessions. When we were kids, a class could have over 30 members. With the growing popularity, ice hockey is becoming a promising industry in China. More and more cities have set up clubs that organize matches, and a wide variety of games are played across provinces and even overseas. The country also established a women's professional league recently. For players, if failing to enter the national team, they can now either find coaching jobs at clubs or pursue professional studies at universities upon retirement from the sport. And for coaches like Jiang Wenqinghuai, the wider public participation in ice hockey has brought them higher pays and also more opportunities to study abroad. Wang Shihao worked as an ice hockey instructor during the Beijing Winter Olympics. Now he oversees youth training at a club. From his perspective, the foundation for China's ice hockey development is taking shape. 
Even though the Winter Olympics were two years ago, the love for ice and snow activity is still going strong. What's really impressive is the way ice hockey players are organized in a pyramid-like structure. With more people getting into ice hockey, the enduring enthusiasm and the systematic training of young players are setting a great tone for the sport's future in the country. Currently, China is still not a powerhouse in ice hockey like it is in table tennis. Its men's national team only ranks around 30 in the world, and the women's team stands at 14. Yet, many believe the country will be competitive on the ice rink amid the winter sports boom ignited by the 2022 Winter Olympics. That was Wang Zhang on the transformation of ice hockey in China, sparked by the Beijing Olympic Winter Games. Well, it appears that a pro hockey player with Chinese ancestry is about to make his debut in the NHL. The Vancouver Canucks selected Jet Wu with the 37th pick, high in the second round, back in the 2018 draft. His grandparents on his father's side were born in southern China. His mother has German heritage. The young defenseman is the second highest draft pick of Chinese descent in draft history, behind Joshua Hosung, selected by the New York Islanders four years earlier. The Canucks called up Wu after placing defenseman Carson Soucy on injured reserve. And while he's、uh, he has a spot on the roster with the big club right now, it's not clear when or even if he'll. See any regular season action with the Canucks. The Chiefs return to Kansas City after winning Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. MVP quarterback Patrick Mahomes jetted away to Disneyland with his family. It was、uh, the third Super Bowl for the Chiefs in five years. A parade will be held for the team in Kansas City on Wednesday. Meantime, Andy Reid's confirmed that he'll return as head coach of the Chiefs next season. The veteran becomes the fifth head coach to win at least three Super Bowls. Yeah, well, listen,、uh, it's history. How you write it is will be how you write it, and whether it's a dynasty, we, we don't we don't determine if it's a dynasty. You guys do. So, and this this group here and organization are tremendous. And if somebody said dynasty and tagged it onto it, I'd, I'd be very proud of that. Reed's won eight straight AFC West titles and has 25 postseason wins. Which ranks second behind Bill Belichick's 31, and he's the only head coach in NFL history to win 100 games with two different franchises. Carnival season 2024s entered its final days in New Orleans. Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday marks its climax. We do what we do because there's nothing like it in the world. There's nothing like Mardi Gras in the United States. There's Nothing like New Orleans in the United States. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get more fun. I would say if you want to get a different experience, just get outside of your city, have some good fun, come to Mardi Gras. And you don't meet no strangers down here. Everybody's、no. very friendly and approachable. I love that. Tuesday's festivities follow Monday night's crew of Orpheus Parade, with Hollywood couple Neil Patrick Harris and David Burtka among the celebrity riders. The National Museum of China in Beijing is hosting an exhibition featuring over 200 Lung-themed cultural relics from different historical periods. One of the most attractive exhibits is a, a C-shaped jade Chinese dragon of the Hongshan culture in the Neolithic age, dating back over 5,000 years. This artifact is important for the study of the original images of the dragon in ancient times. The exhibition also features a bronze plate adorned with depictions of dragons and tigers from the Warring States period over 2,000 years ago. 
Well, Hunan's the first uh, province in China to open up its low-altitude airspace for commercial use. It involves using helicopters and drones for services such as sightseeing and delivery. Uh, visitors in the provincial capital are able to uh, get a bird's-eye view of all of the city's major landmarks from the helicopter. Uh, some businesses have also launched drone delivery services that allow shoppers from country, uh, counties outside uh, city centers to receive goods by air. Uh, the uh, officials from China's top economic regulators say the country establishing a low-altitude economic data system and uh, building infrastructure for low-altitude uh, flights is underway. 28 past the hour now. Beijing down to minus one overnight. Wednesday will be cloudy and 13. Nanchang's at 10 this evening, then a light rain in 23. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad's at 7 overnight. Sunny in 26 on Wednesday. Vientian dips to 17. Overcast in 32 tomorrow. Uh, Phnom Penh, uh, rather Phnom Penh is at 21 overnight. It'll be cloudy in 33 tomorrow. And that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. In the second half, we'll bring you the uh, story of a young Uzbek singer who is pursuing the dream of becoming a performing artist in uh, China. Making news today, consumer spending in China has been booming amid the Lunar New Year holiday. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together. Experience the musical classics of the East. Mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music Talks. Witness the sound of antiquity and modernity. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. German Railway Company Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. CGTN Radio. Hear the difference. I love you. 我爱你. This might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you are a rookie, or a sophisticated learner, there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好. From north to south, east to west, people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. Eighteen-year-old Shirin Abdulayeva is an Uzbek singer and actress. She has a sweet Chinese name. Gu Tiantian. During her childhood, she had lived in China studying the Chinese language and culture. Today, she is still shuffling between Uzbekistan and China from time to time, pursuing her dreams of becoming a well-loved performing artist. In November 2022, the Uzbekistan Embassy in China held a celebratory event to mark the 30th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between the two countries.
Shirin Abdullayeva, or Gu Tian was invited to perform at the occasion. Before the event, Shirin came to the venue rather early for rehearsal and to test out the audio system. Just as with every performance, there would always be some little details to take care of beforehand, and they would often keep Shirin rather busy. To her excitement, in the middle of the rehearsal, she saw her father and her eldest sister Gulbaror arrive at the venue, having come all the way down from the southern Chinese city of Guangzhou to see her. Shirin's eldest sister settled down in Guangzhou after her graduation from a university in China. Their arrival made the young girl very happy. The family warmly hugged and kissed. Born in 2005 in Uzbekistan, Shirin is the youngest of five siblings in the family. Ever since she was a little girl, she'd shown a strong interest in singing and dancing and has been dreaming of becoming a performing artist one day. At the age of four, she starred in an Uzbek film called Mama and became a child star in Uzbekistan. Knowing his youngest daughter's aspirations, her father, Abdullayev, had set out to draw up plans to help her realize her dream when she was still a little girl. <laughs> When she was around one or two years old, we noticed that she had a talent for singing. So I said to her mother, we need help her join a good band. And that's what she did. She has been with the same band for 14 years. He also arranged a wide range of extracurricular classes for her and had been quite strict with her study, as with his other girls. According to their father, even the head of the art school Shirin attended came to him one day, trying to persuade him not to put too much pressure on the little girl. The president of the Arts Academy came to me and said, Why do you let your daughters take so many classes? They're girls. Don't do it. How could they focus on playing the piano if they are kept so busy? And I responded, sorry, but they are my kids. I would like them to have an all-round development. I don't want them just to be able to play the piano. The president said, I've never seen such a cold-blooded father as you. These words really struck me. I could never forget the words. Just like that, Shirin grew up under the strict guidance of her father. When she grew a bit older, her father started to think about finding her a bigger stage. In order to give her an extra edge, Shirin's father decided to send her to China to learn the language and expose her to Chinese culture. It so happened that during a business trip to China, he accidentally noticed a martial arts school in Dongfeng, Henan province, the city that hosts the famous Shaolin Temple, one of the most well-known temples for the world's martial arts fans. He decided he needed to send one of his daughters to this school, and that daughter happened to be me. At the time, Shirin's eldest sister, Gulbaror, or Guli Ya, her Chinese name, 
had already been living in China for some time as an exchange student to study Chinese language. But as Gulbaror was still young, her parents made a special field trip to China. Shirin's mother recalls what she'd found out during her trip. I found Chinese people and the Uzbeks share many similarities. It was pleasant to talk to them. Chinese people are polite, friendly and well-mannered. After seeing good Bahol and her teachers were so close, I felt I didn't have to worry about her staying in China at all. I didn't feel worried at all. Despite the fact that Shirin's eldest sister could in some way take care of Shirin in China, like all parents, they still had their secret concerns when it came to their youngest leaving them at a very young age to live alone in another country. Shirin is our youngest daughter. She's been well taken care of all along. She's not as independent as her elder sisters. Her eldest sister previously had also studied in China. She performed well academically and her school conditions were good and the teachers were nice. With Shirin, our only concern was, after we've taken so much trouble sending her to China, whether she would cave in when she runs into difficulties and would want her to return home. That was my only concern. While her mother was saying this, Shirin, sitting next to her, smilingly protested. How very cold-blooded! In 2015, 10-year-old Shirin came to China to study the Chinese language and martial arts at the school in Dangfang. At the very beginning, she was not very used to the hard training and the strict school rules. At that time, I wasn't yet able to speak Mandarin Chinese. I was only able to say in Chinese, Hi, I'm Tian Tian. I'm 10. I'm from Uzbekistan. Those were the only Chinese words I could manage. Apart from that, I knew nothing. It was the first time I was living on my own. I missed my parents dearly. I couldn't even explain what I wanted to people around me. I could only cry. Though Shirin was having a tough start at the martial arts school, she didn't want to worry her parents. So, during family video calls at that time, she always tried her best to pretend to be perfectly happy. But traces of her homesickness were not missed by her careful mother. When Shirin was in Henan, whenever she was feeling homesick or she had come across some difficulties, I could feel it. She had never stayed in another country for such a long time. I pretended not to care and just asked her to toughen up. When we were having video chats, I could sometimes see tears rolling down her cheeks, but she didn't dare wipe them away. She asked me, how are you, mom? Yet all the time her tears kept rolling down. I tried not to let her worry about me either, but when I retired to bed at night, I would shed tears secretly too. The mother knew it was hard for her youngest, but she hid it away from her. She hoped her daughter could toughen up. Shirin didn't let her down. While studying Chinese language and practicing martial arts, Shirin made a few local friends, and she soon got over the language barrier as she played with them. 
В Китае я обрела очень много друзей. I have many friends in China. I have a good friend, Yuan Yuan, who was also my roommate. I've got another friend whom we call Xiao Hei. He was my classmate, and we become good friends too. Six months after she stayed at the school, her mother came to China to see how her daughter had been faring, and she was totally surprised and overjoyed to find that there had been such a huge change in her daughter. I was very surprised to see her at first. She had changed such a lot. She'd put on some weight. She looked pretty, with a lovely round face and plump little hands. My mom said I changed quite a lot in those six months, both physically and in character. My mom thinks it was the love that I received at this school that brought about such changes in me. At this school, Shirin learnt some martial arts skills. Meanwhile, her Mandarin Chinese also picked up. Her experience in China caught the attention of some Uzbek movie makers, who later made a film, Merokshor, which tells the story of an Uzbekistan girl who studies Kung Fu in the Shaolin Temple, and later uses Kung Fu and the Chinese culture she's learned to tackle problems she encounters in life. The 2018 film, Merokshor, which means Inheritor in Uzbek, was the first China-Uzbekistan co-production. It sees Shirin's other older sister, Gulinur, starring the female lead. Shirin herself was also selected to star in the movie. Shirin's father recalled that the Chinese ambassador to Uzbekistan attended the movie's premiere in 2018. We invited the then Chinese ambassador to Uzbekistan to the film's premiere. Her Excellency was very happy after watching the film. When the movie ended, she said, Thank you very much. This movie will help deepen the friendship between the two countries. It's a bridge for our two peoples to know more about each other. I was born on the 17th of November. Delve into a world of words with Books and Beyond, a podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. To the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered children. what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon she... you, limpid one. Why have you taken. Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game. There was initiative. no better wine, and not to mention the. Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. The mother put the porcelain spoon. The mother drew back and pulled the little girl back. But the mother did not hear the old voice. The mother. Experience the heartwarming story of a mother's love that knows no bounds, titled The Mother, written by Nobel Prize winning author Pearl S. Buck. It's a story of love, sacrifice, and the universalism of motherhood that transcends race and borders, told through an account of an unnamed mother living in rural China in the early 20th century. Get the audiobook right now at radio.cgtn.com or any major podcast platform.
Simply search for the Books and Beyond podcast and key in the mother. From north to south, east to west, people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. You're listening to Footprints. After filming was completed, Shirin returned to her home country, Uzbekistan. But her interest in Chinese mando pop, pop music in Mandarin Chinese, sparked while she was living in China, continued. She first made a couple of cover songs for her favorite Chinese pop songs. My favorite Chinese songs are My Little Apple and Welcome to Beijing. I've performed Chinese songs in Uzbekistan. I had sung My Little Apple here, the one with the lyrics that goes, You are my dear little apple. Her Chinese cover songs have been well received by her followers. Then she set out to create her own Chinese Mandarin pop songs with the help of her eldest sister, Gulbaror. Her eldest sister, whose Chinese name is Gu Li Ya, is very fluent in Chinese and has been supporting her with her Chinese song creation all the time. I help her translate her lyrics into Mandarin Chinese. I never imagined I would help her doing this, though. What I do basically is to translate the Uzbek lyrics into Chinese and try my best to make them rhyme. Upon uploading these Chinese language songs on short video platforms, Shirin garnered over a million clicks in a fairly short period of time. As an Uzbek girl who sings Chinese Mandarin songs, she caught the attention of many. These Chinese songs allow more young people in Uzbekistan to get some idea of China. While introducing Chinese Mandarin songs to her home country, Shirin is also bringing her home country, Uzbekistan, closer to the Chinese people. In 2022, Shirin was invited to film a Mandarin promotional film for Samarkand, the second largest city in Uzbekistan and a famous ancient city that once served as an important hub on the Silk Road. Although not yet 18, work demands often take Shirin frequently out of Uzbekistan to other countries. Her mother quit her job to accompany her on these tours. She also takes up the job of assisting Shirin put together her performance program, preparing the costumes as well as helping with the choreography of her dances. When I perform, I mostly focus my attention on the performance bit. For example, my songs and dances. I don't need to divert my attention to other stuff, such as costumes or makeup. My mom takes care of those things. For her part, Shirin takes care of the audio system, editing music scores and changing the performance schedule when needed. She often has to work into the early hours of the morning when there's a performance. 
I feel sorry that she has to work that hard, but I would not let her see it. I fear if I say you must be so tired, she might lose her confidence and want to give up. No, of course not. But I just thought so. That can never happen. If you said that, it would only make me want to make greater efforts for it. Like most mothers and daughters, Shirin and her mother also inevitably experience some small frictions in life. We have conflicts on some occasions. For example, if someone is waiting for me, mom will try to hurry me up, like hurry up, chop chop, and I would try my best to keep my cool. I would say to her, Mom, calm down. We need to stay calm and keep a cool head. This would often irritate her, so we'd have some small skirmishes. But most of the time, the mother and daughter enjoy each other's care and company. Back from the rehearsal for the Uzbekistan Embassy event, the mother and daughter were trying to sort out the costumes for that day's performance. Unable to decide on it, they made a phone call to Shirin's other sister, Gulinur, who's in Uzbekistan, for advice. I want to consult you about the costume. What clothes will be more suitable for the occasion? Just wear that dress. It will be good for singing both Chinese and Uzbek songs. In fact, whenever Shirin finds it hard to pick her stage costumes, she seeks advice from Gulinur, the third eldest of the five girls of the family. She is an actress and has starred in a couple of movies in China, including the film Meroshkhor. Shirin has four elder sisters, all of whom have more or less some contact with China. All of them had learned the Chinese language under the influence of their father. They can all speak Mandarin Chinese, and each one of them has got a Chinese name, thanks to their elder sister Gulbaror. Gulbaror, or Gu Li Ya, her Chinese name, had come to China to learn the language at the age of 17, as an exchange student. After graduation from a Chinese university, she settled down in Guangzhou and now works in international trade. My name in Uzbek is Gulbaha, so I adopt the Chinese surname Gu. When my younger sister came to China to learn Mandarin, I gave her a Chinese name Gu Meishan, which means beautiful and kind-hearted. For my sister Gulinuk, I gave her the Chinese name Gulinur, meaning beautiful and stay committed to her words. She's that kind of person in life. And since Shilin's Uzbek name has the indication of being sweet, I named her Gu Tian Tian, meaning super sweet in Chinese. Most of the girls are now living in Tashkent, capital of Uzbekistan. Maybe it's because of their ties with China that they are interested in things that have some Chinese elements. My Chinese name is Gu Mei Li. I'm the second daughter of the family. I like Chinese gourmet food. Actually, everyone in my family loves Chinese food. When we go to China, we can spend a whole year trying out different types of Chinese food. Gulinur Abdullayeva has starred in some Chinese movies in the past, so she's very interested in traditional Chinese clothes. I'm Gulinur. I'm the third daughter. I had the opportunity to wear Chinese traditional clothes. To me, it was like the door to a new world had opened. The fourth girl of the family, Gu Mei Shan, also loves Chinese culture. 
I'm Gu Meishan. I'm the fourth child of the family. China has a rich and diverse culture, especially its tea culture, which has a history of thousands of years. So everyone in my family likes Chinese tea. Shirin's eldest sister, Gulbaror, is now engaged in international trade together with her father. At the moment, I'm working in the area of inviting investment for businesses and projects. My sister Gu Meili is working in a Uzbek government association, providing support to entrepreneurs. My third sister, Gulinuk, is currently working in business as a manager. My fourth sister, Gu Meishan, is now working in a group company. She's as tough as a boy. My youngest sister, Tian Tian, is a happy and lovely girl. She likes performing arts and wants to develop in this area. We five girls are each pursuing our dreams in our own fields. Just as Gulbaror said, the five girls are each shining in their own chosen fields. This has made their father super proud. Many people have suggested to me, you should have a son. Well, my relatives and friends all know what I often say as a response to that, because I have said it more than once. I said, each one of my five daughters is as capable as ten boys put together. On November the 1st, 2022, the day that the Embassy of Uzbekistan in China held the celebration to mark the 30th anniversary of bilateral diplomatic ties, Shirin came to the performance venue very early. Again, her parents and her eldest sister came to the venue to cheer for her. Her mom was having a last check on Shirin, who was about to go on stage. How's everything? Are you tired with all the work? Oh, you look so pretty in that makeup. Very pretty. Are you feeling a bit nervous? My heart is beating so fast. Ladies and gentlemen, in our event, we have a special guest from our country. Come and challenge the singer of Uzbekistan. She will be During the two-hour-long event, Shirin sang both Uzbek and Mandarin songs, including her favorite Chinese song, Welcome to Beijing. She also performed an Uzbek traditional dance. Her performance was a great success. Shirin is supposed to be going to college, coming to the Beijing Film Academy, and studying on its campus is currently her biggest dream. After her performance at the Uzbekistan Embassy event, Shirin, accompanied by her mother and eldest sister, took a trip to the Beijing Film Academy, her dream college. I plan to study at this academy in the future. I have watched so many films online, Many of the actors and actresses in those movies graduated from this academy. She took a long pause, looked up, and focused her eyesight on the Chinese characters Beijing Film Academy above the entrance gate, and said once again, This is one of my dreams. Yeah, you can call it my dream. 
standing in front of the entrance, she was left with enough time to dream about her campus life there. As the youngest daughter in the family, Shirin has been showered with love and care and support from her family. Here's what her eldest sister, Gulbaror, wished for her. I hope Tiantian can do well in China. I shall compare her to a sampling from Uzbekistan. I hope she will grow up into a big tree of friendship between Uzbekistan and China. She has all my support. Let's hope Shirin can achieve her ambition and her dream of becoming a great performing artist will come true soon. With that, we conclude this edition of Footprints. Thanks for listening. I'm Bob Jones. If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary but incredible people in China, follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just key in Footprints and you can find us there. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. The Beijing Hour. Roundtable. Headline News. World Today. Footprints. Deep Dive. Takeaway Chinese. The Jab Lounge. Sideline Story. Climate Watch. I would like to wish you Happy Chinese Happy New Chinese Year. Happy New Chinese Year. New Year. Happy Chinese New Year. Hey there, I'm your host Wang Zihang. Dou Hongyu. This is Tian Yu. This is Zhou Fang with the Beijing Hour for the Year of the Chinese Dragon. 祝大家龙年大吉，诸事顺意。May you soar to new heights and achieve great success in your career. I wish you the grace of startled swan and the wandering dragon in 2024. Hello, guys. I'm your host Tian Lu with the headline news. May your path be illuminated by the dragon's courage and mighty strength. What's up, everybody? It's Yu Xuan from Roundtable. Hi, guys. This is Li Yi. Xing Yu. With Roundtable for the Year of the Chinese Dragon. I wish you a new year filled with strength, good health, prosperity, vitality, joy, success, and exciting adventures. Heyang, 祝您在新的一年里 be great and unstoppable as a dragon soaring through the oceans. This is Niu Honglin from Roundtable and Takeaway Chinese. I wish you a vibrant and energetic start to this great year of the Long Happy Year of the Dragon. Hey, this is Ding Han. Good Anna. This is Zhao Ying. This is Xu Yawen with World. Today. today, wishing you success in everything you do in the year of the dragon. May you have good fortune, wisdom, strength, endless moments of bliss, great success, and a bright future. Hello, guys. This is Brandon Yates. This is Yang Guan with the sideline story. As we usher in the year of the Chinese dragon, I would like to wish you a happy, healthy, and prosperous year ahead. Hey there, it's Yu Shan from Footprints. May your days be adorned with joy, prosperity, and good spirits. Hello, I'm Jane. With Takeaway Chinese, may this auspicious year bring you abundant opportunities. Hi, this is Zhu Yun. May you find the hidden dragon in yourself in the year of the Chinese dragon. Be there with me at the chat lounge. Hey guys, this is Gao Junya, host of Climate Watch. This is Li Yunqi with the podcast Deep Dive. I wish the year of the Chinese dragon brings you strength, courage, and fiery passion, and abundance of good fortune and joy in the Chinese New Year in 2024.
Takeaway Chinese, where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. Takeaway Chinese, we will promise you a difference. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing. Roundtable. 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 Connecting China and the world. We bring you fun and timely discussions about what's affecting our lives everywhere, every day. Tune in to Roundtable, where the East meets the West, and understanding is the goal. From north to south, east to west. People in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. 